0: Hey pals, this is Blaine Hill from the Lake Murray Presbyterian Church and with the Simply Stated Podcast. Today is Thursday. It is June 11th, starting to get hot here in South Carolina. First thing I want to mention is on the 21st of June, Sunday at 3 o'clock, we're starting a new Zoom Sunday school class. Typically in the summer, we have a unified Sunday school class and this is that unified class. Um, Everyone is invited to join. We're going to read a book called uh, The Coronavirus and Christ trying to reflect on uh, the coronavirus and what does it mean to be faithful in that time. I'm going to talk about a different topic today, um, something that is uh, uh, also challenging. I'm, got, I'm going to try to touch base on uh, the Christian way in times of per- political turmoil uh, in the last couple of weeks weeks. Well, let's, let's say on May 25th, we saw George Floyd was killed in the street uh, of Minneapolis. We've seen legitimate protest in response to that. We've seen destruction as well. Uh, We've seen police doing a hard and dangerous job for not enough pay. Um, And we've seen uh, the police also sometimes misuse their power. We've seen black citizens in America that continue to experience a a legacy of racism. So what, what are some ways we can respond or even think about this as disciples of Jesus? Um, so I want to put four thoughts in front of you, um, and I also invite you to let me know what you think. The best way to do that is probably in person. I mean, you can you can comment on Facebook or YouTube, um, but if you really are interested in uh, me hearing your ideas, a call or a call is probably best, or at least an email. Anyway, first thing I want to do—I oh, didn't mark my place in the Psalms. Give me just a second. Uh, Psalms haven't moved. They're still in the middle of the Bible. Psalm 40, 146. This is my favorite verse for myself uh, when I get aggravated about politics. Uh, and I find myself using it every four years at political uh, uh, presidential elections. This is from one, Psalm 146. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that day, on that very day, their plans perish. We can make a big mistake if we put our hope uh, into um, princes and immortal human beings, into senators and presidents and to local officials. Of course we should support and expect them to do their job. Uh, But if we put our hope in other human beings, it is a guarantee for painful, painful disappointment. So as we're watching political turmoil or involved in it, how, whatever the case may be, uh, it's essential as people of faith that we do not put our trust in those political leaders. It, it will lead to disappointment. So that's the first thing I, I would say in the face of um, politi- poli- politically difficult times is to sol- follow one, Psalm 146. Don't put your hope, don't put your trust, your ultimate trust into human beings. The second thing, I, the thing I would like to, to point out is that it is important that we pray for our leaders. Let me let me read from Paul's letter to, to Timothy. Paul wrote to Timothy. It's part of a. All of these verses are part of, of of a bigger conversation. I just want to draw out a few points for us today. Paul writes. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. For kings and all who are in high positions, so that that's a charge for us to, to pray for people who who are in authority. And remember, Paul was suffering at the hand of those who are in authority. But then he doesn't stop there; he continues to say, "So that we may lead a life, may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity." So there's a command there for us. Uh, that we pray for our leaders, and that's a charge, something we need to do. We need to pray for our local leaders. We need to pray for um, uh, leaders at higher levels of authority. And um, one of the things we learned uh, through Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is even when they oppose us, we need to pray for those leaders. Even as we are confronting uh, leaders, if we're confronting a leader who is misusing their power, we're still called uh, to pray for them. Uh, that command still exists. But there's also a benchmark in that reading today. Uh, and the way I'd put it out is peace and dignity. You know, sometimes we have peace, but people don't leave, live with dignity. We're not done praying. We're not done seeking. Um, and it is possible to have dignity even when uh, uh, we're not experiencing peace. Uh, but we're not done then either. Uh, we need to continue to work as a society uh, to advocate for both of those things. And in the midst of that, uh, in, in the midst of the struggle for peace and for dignity, um, we continue to pl- pray for those uh, who are in authority. I, I will admit sometimes I have prayed for leaders that they would be convicted of where they're wrong. Uh, I I think that's right. Um, one of the things I certainly, if I'm wrong, I, I hope that the spirit would illuminate that in me. I don't enjoy it. But that's something I need, and so we can pray that for our leaders. So don't put our hope, hope in our leaders and our immortals, but we need to pray for them. Uh, we need to pray for them. And those may be elected leaders or people who are leading socially, wherever they may be leading. So those are two things. The third idea I want to share with you is that in Christians, as Christians, we insist on the truth of the facts of the world. And uh, this is uh, the underlying idea between two things that Jesus says. Uh, this is in the Gospel of John. This is the eighth chapter, the 31st verse, if you want to look it up. Do you know now you can Google anything you sort of know is in the Bible. It'll help you find it. Just a tip. So we need to know the truth. What are the facts? Then Jesus said to the the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are my true disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Um, let me read one more verse. This is uh, fourteen, chapter 14 of John's Gospel. Uh, This is verse 6. You might know it. Jesus said to him, I, to Thomas, by the way, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way and the truth and the life, Jesus says. Now, Jesus is not a set of facts. Uh, That's not all he's driving at. Uh, he, he's, he is asserting that he is the truth of the universe. But that the power of that image, of those verses, rests on a very simple idea. It's so simple that you, it, you may not even notice it until you're lied to. It's this. The truth exists and can be known. Uh, not always. Sometimes we can't know it, but it exists. The truth about the world in which we live, uh, it exists. It's real. As disciples of Jesus, we should insist on and embrace what is true, as true, even when that truth is uncomfortable for us, when it is sad news, when it makes us angry, when it is a bitter pill to swallow. The last thing we should do is exchange the truth for a lie. When Jonah is sent to preach for Nineveh, there's this beautiful description of their terrible mess. Uh, The the, the writer of the book of Jonah says they can't tell their left from their right they don't know right from wrong uh, there's a truth the truth exists out there um, let me give you some examples and, and, and these these are things that are on my mind and, and don't uh, they're not always pleasant to deal with how many black men die in police custody each year it's a number I don't know what it is um, how many police officers suffer from poster map Post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, because through because of events in their work, how many teachers quit because they're under-supported and they're overburdened with administrative um, duties? There's a number to those. That that's you know we might get closer or further from it, but there's a truth to each one of those situations. And as disciples of Jesus, we should insist on the truth. And, and, and the thing is, the truth may be. I don't know in fact for me that's often the case but there is a truth to know about the world Uh, and because we believe in the living truth um we should have the courage maybe the support from the living truth is a better way to put it in order to uh, accept what is true in the world um there's a flip side to this too is we should reject falsehood i mean that's in the ten commandments don't bear false witness uh, that implies that we shouldn't receive false witness either. Um, here's here's a great truth-seeking question if you sit down to watch the news, uh, wherever you may get your news. Ask this question. Has this story been edited to manipulate me or to inform me? I was just looking at a story in a, in a local news source uh, report, reporting, anyway, And, and as I was watching the pictures associated with it, I started to ask that question and I'd see one little clip of video and then I'd see a different picture. And I noticed the video was clipped off right before I wanted to know, okay, what actually happened next? So, so anyway, I, I offer that as a suggestion, you know, has this news story been edited, edited and put together in order to give me information and make things clear or, or are they seeking to manipulate me? That's, That manipulation is usually a sign that um, they're manipulating the truth. Because we believe in the living truth, Jesus, we can accept the truth, facts about the world, uh, even when they're difficult. Uh, In fact, we should insist on the facts about the world. So one more thing, uh, idea I want to share with you, and this one's not quite as clear, so give it some thought, but it may be the most important. And this thought is this: to spend what the Lord has given you. I don't just mean money that that can be wrapped in. God has given each one of us control and supervision over some. Let's face it, small corner of God's creation. In the form of uh, it could be time, it can be relationships, it can be it can be money, uh, it can be influence, whatever it might be. Uh, when when we see anything wrong in the world, but I notice now in this turmoil, we ought to use for God's purposes those things God has given us supervision over. And this is hard because generally we have to decide how to do that. So let me let me give you a few examples. Um, maybe it's how you spend your attention, which for means me often means I. I need to get the information about the world, and I need to turn off the news. But maybe this is a more positive one, simply to listen to someone. Uh, Parents and grandparents, I would really encourage you to listen to uh, the children in your life and see what they're posting on social media. That's stuff they're putting out into the whole world as what they think and feel. Uh, And so checking in on that is good, but more importantly, to have a conversation with them. What do you think about what you see in the news? What's your opinion about this? Um, It it is so important that we use it because in doing so, we will attend not only to the information, but to them. It's important that um, we listen to other people. I I think uh, as uh, a white person, as white folks, it's important that we listen to black people. Um, They have an experience of the world that, pretty much we, very often we can't see. So um, it's just real helpful to, uh, it can be useful. It can be a way to be a good steward of what we have to listen to them. It's also true, I think, of citizens listening to police. Police, um, They have an experience uh, that if we will listen to, can be informative and will value them. And it's hard to listen. Listening to people is hard. Uh, it, it, you know, to actually listen, not just kind of wrench your face to them, but to actually listen. But it, in part because I want to be heard. I mean, look, I'm talking to the camera for 20 minutes, for, for goodness sake. But by listening, we may get to share what we know uh, as well. And at the very least, we will have treated someone else with dignity and respect. So that, that's one way we may steward, may make uh, good use of what God's given to us, how we spend it. But there's other resources, you know, money and reputation and time and god's put those into your care to to decide how to use them you know it could be participation in a political campaign it may be that you attend a rally or a protest Uh, i will say i think we can draw clearly draw the line as christians uh uh, on this side of public violence that's unacceptable mocking others that's not a christian way to behave Uh, but using what we have um is deciding how to use what we have to spend our resources is part of the Christian journey. Um, and, uh, you know, it may not be in the political sphere at all. We could look at the social situation we have and decide to respond by volunteering locally. Um, that may have far more impact in the world, actually, uh, and, and because it happens week to week and month to month. Um, the point here is not to tell you how you have to spend what God has given you. But, but to say each one of us has a responsibility to make those decisions faithfully and not simply drift in uh, to where we might be, much less just to use what we have for our own pleasure and our own satisfaction. You know, God has not given us the money and time and reputation that we have just for ourselves. Christ calls us to use what we have to serve our neighbor. And, and your challenge is to discern and decide how to spend what you have and for me it's to discern and to do to decide to spend what i might have uh, that's a it's a challenging decision to make it really takes us back to scripture where we began into prayer so i lost where did my paid go oh i want to say this these, these are really challenging days um, don't trust in princes trust in the lord pray for our leaders that we might live in peace and in dignity. Embrace the truth. Spend what you have for your neighbor. Again, I want to invite you to, um, I want to hear what you think. So if you want to reach out to me, uh, if you want to comment, that's fine too. I just ask you to do so in a Christian way. Sometimes we lose our head in commenting um, but, or just reach out to me personally, whichever is, whichever I guess really is best for you. Uh, and will be a faithful way for you to respond. I want to close with a a benediction I grew up hearing in church most every Sunday. It's a combination of various scriptures, but I want to share it with you. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak and help the suffering honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in or listening and for your attention and listening to me. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.